Welcome back, Limitless listeners. My name is Limitless Mike. Thank you for tuning back in. Today with me, I have Ace Blade creator Danny J. Quick. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Mike, man. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous, man. I'm a little under the weather. I got a, a, a small cold, um, but I'm powering through it. You know, as comic yeah. creators do, we like the grind. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got to get used to having a, a small cold every now and then, especially if you do... Uh, shows and stuff like that if you if you do any live shows that oh, yeah. incredible get get you every time man <laughs> absolutely i'll be switching to a live format actually in uh towards the end of november as soon as i get um get my uh my new logo and my rebranding stuff back and create yeah. some assets so um the show will be definitely more exciting later on but um as far as creating goes yeah you can't let anything hold you back including small colds changes in weather um kid drama going on with school or even all the chaos surrounding us in the world right now yeah absolutely there's definitely enough for that <laughs> um but man um so if you don't mind you're probably you you you're probably new to my audience probably not i know i picked up um on ace blade probably around when you were in issue three but for those of for those of my listeners who don't know if you just introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you know where you come from and and uh, why you got into comics making? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it's you know, it's your boy Danny J. Quick in the building. I'm from uh, <laughs> Durham, North Carolina. Okay. I, I like to tell people I never, I never grew, I didn't grow up reading comics, you know. But I did watch every cartoon that was available. Um, Ninja Turtles were my early favorites, and um, you know, Spider Man, Batman, Superman, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I never grew up reading comics. I never we didn't have a comic book store where I was growing up. Um, it was kind of a bad neighborhood. So um, I didn't even really get into reading comics until I was an adult. So, you know, um, but I always loved the characters. I always always loved the stories. And, um, you know, you know, you know of comics. So um, when I when I got older, I started working. I started meeting other nerds and geeks like me. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was fun to. You know, to actually get a character and start and start creating and start um, writing stories and stuff like that. And then when I got deployed in 2008, it was like, um, you know, I used that time to to kind of tell stories as much as I could, you know, write stuff down in my free time. So it was, um, you know, only natural progression when I came back to start, you know, trying to create my own thing. Man. And it's, you know, ever since then, it's it's been rolling. Right. Uh, th- thank you for your service. Um, what uh, what branch of the military are you serving? Oh, uh, Army. Uh, twelve years in the Army. Oh wow, twelve years, man. That's a that's a long that's a long service time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was mostly reserves, but uh, you know, I did I did like uh, I did a lot of active time too, and I've been all over the place. So you know. Well, God bless you, man. I uh, I tried to get into the service. Um, I I had enough I had enough heart for a lot of the people that were going in. I just could never make tape. I had a really crappy recruiter and uh, mm. went to MEPS four times and uh, never made tape. So, you know, I don't um, know why it mattered. The weight problem <laughs> <laughs> that that would have melted right off in basic, I think. But, you know, there's 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 a reason why all things happen as they do. Yeah, I like to take that approach to, um, you know, if it didn't work out, then, you know, there was probably something better for you in another path. My um, I, I I made take to get in, but it was 
keeping that weight off while I was in that that messed me up. So, <laughs> oh wow, and and it's it's so crazy the stipulations they put on weight in the military, man. Just go off topic for a minute because because while I was trying to get in, I think the first time, um, my my late brother, he uh he took me to a National Guard armory in uh in northern Mississippi, and man, one of the one of the the senior officers there was like like six foot four and man his i don't even think he could see his feet mm. <laughs> yeah that's, i go back to moments like that i'm like that's not fair <laughs> yeah i had um officers in my well you know I, they were good people but they they definitely weren't passing any pt tests so i i understand you i definitely do <laughs> yeah, but it, but it all worked out man i uh i had a pretty a pretty successful run in life aside you know from going to the military i, I definitely showed myself that uh that I could um, succeed when I needed to, um, which is, you know, which is some of the success behind this podcast. And, and had that had never happened, you know, I might have never be, I might have never had the chance to interview you right now. So you know, all, all things happen the way they're supposed to. Yeah, I, I, I like to go with that, that approach also, man. Yeah. But um, that being said, um, as far as the, the, the creators come up, um, you, you served in the military, you're writing things down for Ace Blade. Um, did you happen to, did you happen to teach yourself how to kind of outline and write the story or did you, did you have any, you know, preferable training behind any of that? Man, no, I, uh, I, that's one of my proudest accomplishments. Everything I learned, I learned from the streets, man. I, <laughs> I, I really, uh, kind of jumped in, you know, both feet first. I, I'm the kind of I'm I'm really impulsive as a creator. I think that's why you know TikTok works for me. I right. I get an idea and then I I start and I learn as I go, and I um you know and I I you know if I get an idea I want to run with it. So um, when I first started, I I didn't know anything about how to format comics, how to how to put together a book or anything like that. So I just wrote a story that I thought would be cool. I wrote Ace Blade versus Deadpool, right? It was a little short story. Nice. And I. Um, <laughs> I wrote it and I was like, now what do I do with it? So I, I went and I looked at some comics and I was like, okay, it's broken down this way, page by page, panel by panel. So I just made my comics like that. And in my head, I was just like, okay, this is how I would describe somebody to draw it. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't illustrating at that time. Um, I was, you know, but I was cool. I was good at talking to people. So I reached out to artists on, on DeviantArt and on Facebook. And stuff like that people whose whose work i saw that i really liked you know i paid them and they did a good job with it so you know i got that first little uh i did that ace blade versus deadpool and um you know i of course i couldn't sell it because i don't own deadpool but i used it to kind of promote my work to promote my uh my character and um you know that you know things just just went from there i kept learning how to format and you know do better with my panels and how many you know um, I did learn how to letter all by myself and ended up going to school for graphic design and uh, and things like that to kind of help out. But, um, you know, everything I learned, I, you know, just had an interest in it and I decided I wanted to learn it. So it's worked out so far. And because of that fortuitous that you had, you know, would you say that 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 helped you? become more hungry as you succeeded and executed on these different ideas? Oh yeah, absolutely. That and uh like, you know, you I have a, a healthy competition with my peers out there. Uh <laughs> the folks that I see doing doing well out there. I know you had um 
you had Daniel Buck on your show. Yeah. Um, uh, who does a testimony book and he's another his character is as a purple dude too so he, he's got you know, <laughs> um, so i, I kind of I, I see myself having a health a healthy rivalry with folks like him and you know lonzo star um you know other creators who've been doing it around the same time that i have and you know i just try to up my up my game every time i can so i can you know so i can do the best i can and hopefully they they think the same way of me and and you know you know what's one of the great things I think especially about this 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 interview with you in particular is and you know for for the last year I've heard people say that there's no opportunities that there's no opportunities that there's no opportunities out there for everybody either as an equal or as a a, a particular demographic and. And this is one of the reasons why I got into interviewing creators because the spirit of creatorship relies on how hungry you are and how determined you become in the things that you set yourself out to do. Like this would have never happened had I decided not to create a podcast to promote not not only Limitless Comics, the comic book company that I edit for, but also to do my own comics and connect with other creators as well. And you are a prime example of that that disapproval that there are opportunities out there and some opportunities aren't given, but they, they have to be created by, by the goals and the, and the dreams that, that reside within you. Would you say that that would be kind of accurate to this? Um, yeah, man, I, I, I absolutely, for me, I, um, <laughs> I just got, got done watching, uh, remember the Titans, right? Oh, I love that movie, man. Yeah. One of the a most, like probably one of the most perfect films I've ever seen. And, um, you know, in there, the, um, the coach talks about, you know, he's a winner and he's he not going to let anything keep him from winning. Right. And I think, you know, some people. If I can't if I can't win one way, I'm going to I'm going to win another way. And as long as I, you know, stick to my morals and, and I'm not cheating anybody out of anything, I'm, I'm cool with that. You right. know, um, I feel like for me particularly and what I try to teach to my children is that you you can't let somebody else tell you what you can't do. Um, you only got one life to live, so you gotta, you know, make the most of it. So if you, if you really desire something, if you wake up in the morning and you really want to do something, just start doing that thing. Um, they, people say uh, fake it till you make it all the time, and I don't necessarily like that saying, but for me, it just means do what it is that you want to be doing until you can actually, you know, do it and get paid for it. So, you know, get up and if you want to be a writer, if you want to be, you know. If you want to be a basketball player, whatever it is that you want to do, there's there's stuff that you can do. Now, you can't be a heart surgeon. You can't fake being a heart surgeon, but right. <laughs> you, can't up, you can't get up and write a book. You can't make a podcast. You can, you know, put some content out on YouTube and TikTok. So there are ways for you to do the things that you want to do. It might not, you know, work as quickly as you wanted to, wanted to work, but you just got to get up and, and, and start. And in in lettering lettering a comic book, uh, including writing it, is actually is actually a journey I myself am taking right now. I don't mm -hmm. I don't know if you use Affinity or or Adobe, but it's a gauntlet, and so is comic book making. It's a gauntlet of just troubleshooting, challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge. Like to be a comic creator is like is really have to you really have to have some stamina. Yeah, I, I mean, use, I, um, I use Illustrator for. I, you know, I, like I said, I went to, uh, I went to graphic design school. I went to two schools now. I went to um, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh online and I went to, and now I'm in Full Sail University. 
I'm um, taking online classes for graphic design and I just happen to work in the graphic design field in my full-time job anyway. So, you know, um, I learned lettering because it's, it's one of those things that can really mess up a comic book for you. If you, uh, if you, if you don't do it right. Um, and if you look at the early, early Ace Blade comics, I didn't do it right. So I had, <laughs> I had to learn how to do it. I had to learn how to, you know, letter books and pro proper flow and spacing and sizing and all that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. You, you you make mistakes and then um you learn you learn to do better or you or you quit. So that's just how it is. Man, man, that's that's awesome. Welcome to the uh the the orange and black family, man. I, I'm a full cell graduate. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, I saw you uh, talk about that, man. It's 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 wild. There's a lot of folk out here who who have um studied that um, one of the guys that I worked with, he um, got his video degree, videography degree from Full Sail, and it's uh, it's a good, you know, it's a good program. It's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I've learned a lot of stuff there, and thankfully, you know, my GI Bill has helped me pay for some stuff, and uh, I'm, I'll happily continue until I'm done. Yeah, I, I tried to, I tried to re-enroll so I can go back to business, really, um, start the journey of opening a comic label. Um, oh yeah, kind of like how, uh, how David did, the, uh, the co-owner of Scout. And I met him at Pensacon this year and uh, I got turned down because I haven't paid any of my student loans yet. And I have an outstanding lump sum of like 94 grand to pay. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll get you, that'll get you turned out. I mean, you know, you can always just pay a little bit at a time. They, um, I had a similar issue when I first started, but I had to go six months and, um, I had to basically pay, pay for six months. And then I was eligible to, to um, enroll and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, hey, it's possible, man. Just find you a good, uh, a good student advisor, and they'll they'll walk you through it, man. Yeah, I'm not to get to the process. I think I'm gonna try to apply again, even though they they turn me down. But we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh... keep, keep going, man. It's good. To, it's good to be in school, man. I used to, <laughs> I'll tell you a little a funny story. I used to hate the idea of higher education, especially because you know a lot of the stuff that you know in a career field like my like mine's um graphic design you can learn on youtube like you can learn this stuff on youtube if you if you are determined enough you can find you know the tools to to do the things you want to do on online they got master classes they got youtube they got you know it's people on tiktok who are teaching full courses now and oh, wow. And I was like, why am I paying a hundred thousand dollars to learn what I can learn on YouTube if I, you know, if I really want to, but that uh paying those classes really makes you buckle down. It really makes you pay attention to what you're doing. So um, you know, it's it might not be for everybody, but you know, it worked out for me. And and that's that's great, man. Uh how did you how did you discover full sale? And how did you how did you even how did you even become like into the graphic design like you said you wanted to like help out the process of making Ace Blade. Uh, yeah, that's exactly better. It. Um, I went. I was working on when I when I was doing that Ace Blade versus Deadpool comic. Um, I was like, okay, I have to pay somebody to draw it because my my illustration, the style that I draw in, is not the style that I want Ace Blade to be drawn in, right? So I was like, I have to pay somebody to draw it. Um, I have to pay somebody to to color it, but. I think I can letter it myself. You know, I was like, let me, you know, um, take do a couple of these YouTube tutorials and I can, you know, at least learn how to put the stuff in the right place so people can understand. And it was harder than I thought it was going to be. Right. 
it was it was it's very difficult to to letter and and make things look the way that you want them to look especially when you haven't done it before and you don't have the right tools to do it so um you know like i said i was in the military for 12 years and i had this gi bill and i was like man if i can get paid to go to school why not you know go for something that i really am interested in why not you know learn graphic design why not um learn branding and color color theory and stuff like that so really the comics forced me to to go into school and then you know um one thing led to another with my with my actual full-time job and they ended up being looking for a you know a medical illustrator or a visual information specialist at the va at the va healthcare center that i work at oh wow um, you know when COVID hit there was a there's a, a big need for for somebody to come in and, and make signage, you know how, you know how all the facilities have those keep six feet apart and, you know, signs to direct people to go different ways. Right. Just so happens that, you know, the director of the hospital knew that I was a good at graphic design because I talk about my comic books all the time. And he was like, and they were like, Hey, you should apply for this job. And I was like, ah, man, you know, I just got my associates. I don't know if I'm qualified for it, but you know, I applied and, you know, I interviewed well and thankfully, you know, here I am, a full-time graphic designer. So, you know, I'm 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 happy about it, man. Yeah, that's really awesome. You're like uh, one half foot in comics as a full-time job, and both feet in uh, in comics full-time as your hobby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. And for writers, though, with no graph, I mean, I do I do most of my graphic stuff in Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yep. just now learning Illustrate, uh, Adobe Illustrator, and I might actually switch to Affinity because Affinity, you actually yeah. pay the one-time fee, and then the program's yours for life. I, yeah. I, I really don't dig the monetization style of Adobe, even though some of their tools are, are primed and more convenient for for most things. But um, so let's get the Ace Blade for a minute, man. Um, going back to the inception of Ace Blade. Uh, you mentioned that you wrote a short story with with Deadpool in it. Um, you must be a Rob Layfield uh, fan if you're if you if you chose Deadpool. What uh what, is Deadpool the the inspiration behind Ace Blade's look, or um, um I I'd say yes and no. I didn't. So I'll go back even farther. Um, before I got deployed to Iraq, me and a friend of mine, um, we we were always talking talking comics and stuff at this company. This company we worked at, we literally printed and packaged Pokemon cards, right? So oh, wow. um, our job was to, <laughs> to print, to cut, and to package, I mean, sort and package these Pokemon cards and other stuff, you know, it was baseball cards and all kinds of stuff. But um, we would always talk about superheroes and things like that. And we just got to talking about, you know, characters that we wish that we created and, um, you know, things that we'd done in school. And, you know, we kind of melded ideas to put together Ace Blade. And I always tell people that the inspirations for Ace Blade are Deadpool, um, Batman, Goku, and um, um, Bruce Leroy from Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Um, those are my my four inspirations for this guy. So he's he's kind of a, you know, he wants to fight. He wants to to be the best fighter in the world. He wants to prove to himself that he can, you know, beat the odds. Um, he's a, a definite underdog. And, um, you know, he just has this moral code that he uh believes is more important than anything else so yeah all right so so it's not 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 necessarily a mere 
uh, reflection of the character itself, Deadpool. It's uh, kind of a combination of all these all these different characters and inspirations from the things that you grew up uh, talking about with friends and, and watching um, as a fan and things like that. Yeah. So, so you, you, you live in North Carolina, right? Yes. Yes. I do. Okay. Been there all your life? Yes. Uh, okay, I've lived there like I've been to, I've been to all, all these other States, but I've only resided in North Carolina. Yes. So did you, did you do any service time in Vegas or what, what was the inspiration of placing Ace Blade in the Vegas setting? Um, so <laughs> the Ace Blade's main theme is, um, you know, there's a Bible quote that money is, is a root in all evil, right? Mm, um, yes. So Ace Blade's main thing is to choose, choose people over money, right? In, in every instance, if you are the type of person that will choose money over people, if you'll use money to hurt people, then in his book, you're a villain, right? So um, what other, what better place to use as <laughs> like the, the people who, you know, will sacrifice money over everything than Vegas City, right? Uh, <laughs> people go there to gamble and, and they risk they risk their, their life savings. And, you know, a lot of people just go to have fun. But a lot of times, you know, you hear these tragic stories about somebody gambled away their, their, their child's, you know, um, college fund or they you know gambled away their house payments or anything like that and it's and it's terrible that the people are doing that but it's even worse that that we glorify the the act of you know risking it all for the big payout of some money right um you know i figured if that's what what ace blade's main theme is going to be then uh why not put him in a place like like vegas and now you know my little brother he's in the air force so and he's stationed out there so, oh wow! So it kind of um, I'm trying to get out there to 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 get some photos and stuff um, with the costume so I can make it make it more authentic. That that would be uh, that would be neat, man. Um, I might have some family members out there that might be able to help you out. That's for you know conversation after the show. Yeah, tell me, pay um, me a room for a week or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I lived out there for five years when uh, when oh, I was really? when I was younger, and I got family out there who's been out there for their forever Vegas. Yeah, um, large Italian family that spans from you know California to uh, I think Oregon or Washington is where my aunt lives, and then oh, wow. the Vegas area, and then uh, I grew up mostly on the on the southern coast, um, which I don't know if you know anything about. Um, like Biloxi, Mississippi, but there's a huge casino setting out there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> the other, um, one of the other characters in our universe, Lumberjacks, he's in New Orleans. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've done some, and I actually have a friend who um, from the service who lives in Biloxi. So. Oh, um, nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So so an idea for our stories maybe is that you know when you're done with Vegas, you know maybe expand like that concept out into like the rest of America, like. Yeah go to places like the gulf coast uh indiana is really big i learned a lot about where casino settings were when i worked for harris i've worked for several we got um, one out here um we got a uh, cherokee out here in yeah. North Carolina. me and my wife went to uh for our um for valentine's day one year that's that's one of their third largest uh revenue hauling uh locations is, wow. is the cherokee yeah oh wow, good grief <laughs> I learned a lot of I learned way more about finances and casino than I, I really wanted to when I, le- I worked for him, especially uh, when I worked for Harris right before uh, 
the COVID pandemic hit. So yeah, they are, they are, they bring in, they bring in the money. They really do. Yeah. Like you said, they, they glorify that, that one, that, that one payoff, you know, yeah. take all the risk and chances, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a cool, it's a cool concept, man. And it's, um, money is the root of all evil. Um, and, and, and it's a state of, of human consciousness that we project that value onto seemingly indispensable things, especially if we're willing to go to the lengths of, you know, throwing your own family or your own house in a, in a house fire for a chance to Mm -hmm. have 1 million copies of one thing that is equal to $1. Right. And that's what makes the world go round. It's man, it's, it's almost an insane concept really. And it's sad that the world is literally running on that type of projected value. Yeah, um, I agree with you, man. <laughs> but uh, so in that regards, I would happily suit up in something and join Ace Blade in a fight or two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's hard, man. Um, one of the challenges that I that I faced writing Ace Blade though is how do you how do you fight a system like that when you're you know you're just one person, and right. you know the the world runs on this this system. But um, you know it's it's not the it's not money isn't the problem It's when you love money too much you know money is money is just a tool that you that you use but when right. you love money too much or you value it more than somebody else more than somebody else's livelihood then uh you you might do some bad things so i'm trying to find interesting ways to kind of to point that out by but at the same time to make it <laughs> make it entertaining to watch so uh this this dude in the purple costume Running around beating up people is is just my answer, man. It's just how it goes. And 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 I really liked uh, issue five. I won't I won't give away any plot stuff, but uh, it was a very very clever undermine tactic that 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 Ace Blade used to the de, to defeat Gutshot in most of <laughs> all the villains that that, uh, that you've used thus far in the series. It, it was it was really eye opening, and I and I gotta applaud you for making it to where I didn't have to read you know, issues one through four to, to understand what was going on in, uh, in villain season and in issue, in issue five. Thank you. That was, uh, that was, kind of, that was kind of the goal. Um, this fifth issue, like those, those first four books, you know, I kind of, I kind of say those, those are my college years, you know, I was learning the process of, of making comics and this one, I wanted to kind of reset and say, okay, this is, this is everything that I've learned about making comics so far. And if if you start with a book, you can either start with book number one or you can start with number five and you'll you'll be OK. <laughs> and, and but it's 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 a Stan Lee. It's a it's a direct quote from Stan Lee. Treat every story like it's their first. Right. Yeah. And it was definitely my first. And, and I actually put that in the review. Mm-hmm. I gave you chops for that. Yeah, um, I, and I appreciate it, man. It was a it was a great review. Um, you caught you caught some of the uh, some of the Easter eggs that I put in there. Uh <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm glad, like, I'm glad that the, you know, as a writer, you put things in there that you, you hope people get, you know, you hope people see the the effort that you put into it, but you, right. never, know, you never know if they're actually going to get it or not until it might be, you know, two years down the line when some, some random TikToker points it out and then people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then you're like, yeah, you see, it, it does make sense. It's a good book. But uh, <laughs> like I said, I appreciate it, man. I, 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 I've had instances um, where I've either witnessed that happen to a mainstream or another independent comic book, or it paid off for them, you know, years down the line. 
mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that Neil Gaiman wrote as far as uh, non-comic fiction mm-hmm. or non-fiction. Um, people are reading now because, you know, he did the Sandman. Right. He, he made so much money from one issue of Sandman because everybody who enjoyed the Sandman went back to see, you know, what else he wrote later on in his career. And the same happened to Alan Moore. Yep. Um, this, the same happened to Chuck Dixon. Um, I, everybody who's been either in mainstream or from independent who makes it in the mainstream. Like if you right now, if you get picked up, you get optioned by a film company mm-hmm. for Ace Blade, which is totally possible. If anybody follows, you know, this, the, the creator of Vigilante, um, they just got picked up um, oh, wow. for, I believe so. The, the family of superhero, uh, super villains that just wants to, you know, peace. I, I believe they got picked up. Oh. And they were optioned, and so that's in development right now. Tyler, uh, I think Tyler is his name. I can't remember his last name. Tyler, um, the antagonist is what you're talking about, I think. Right, the antagonist. There yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. For, for anybody who follows that story, they they got picked up in options, so that's in development. But oh. you know, if he wrote anything before that, when it hits, you know, mainstream and it's released on whatever streaming platform or you know, physical disc or composite or whatever they release it on these days. Um, they're they're going to go back and they're going to find, you know, what he wrote before that. And he's going to make so much more money. And so when you mentioned Easter eggs and the hopes of people catch on to this stuff, man, the moment you make that, you know, you may either make that that series of characters or that that that's that that run or that story arc of Ace Blade that that hits mm-hmm. somebody the right way. People are going to come back and there's going to be a whole YouTube series <laughs> based on the things that you put in that book. And um, so so I noticed some of these things and I put that in the review on purpose. So people would look at this a little bit more closely because I'm very meticulous when it comes to, to reading comics. And don't think I didn't see that panel. Um, and I believe it was between uh, pages 10 and 15. That little tiny purple panel at the bottom that said, you know, go to Super Short Podcast to find out some stuff on the back of Blackjack. I was like, he did not just put a panel in here that promoted something that's hey. an entirely different medium. I was like, that was so cool. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to put a plug in there. You know, I, I, know, I know you know all about that. Sometimes you got to put a plug in there for the people. Yeah, yeah, they're fun though. It was fun. I mean, I had to point some stuff. There, there was some fun. There was some fun new different types of lettering and stuff I saw in there too. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's one of those things where lettering is just the same as formatting a comic. Like in the independent world that the mainstream doesn't like to look at, mm-hmm. you know, lettering can be very profound and as non-formatable as you know a comic book script, which has no predecessor or pre-logged format at all you know if you get a comic script and it's a giant block of text nobody told them that that was okay because it is okay because there's no format (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah i I saw i saw some gems in there um i saw i saw and maybe maybe we could talk about this for a minute because i did put this in the review and it was really the only negative thing i had to say and it wasn't the ads themselves but Mm -hmm. it was the there's the placement of the ads but yeah after reading the whole thing it kind of felt like I was watching a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Is, I mean, did you mean to create that type of effect as far as like readership goes or maybe, it, or was it just me? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, um, so it's very intentional. Um, comic books are a 
very specific type of format, right? You have right. to you have to create anticipation just about at the end of every page, right? So anytime somebody gets to the end of the page, you want them to want to turn the page, right? You want right. them to want to get to the next part of the story. So it's always hard for me um, to decide where to put, you know, little breaks in there. Like for the for the physical books, you have it has to be, you know, multiple of four. You got to have um, four, eight, 12, you got to have 20 pages. It has to be a multiple of four. So if you got, you know, 41 pages, like I had of story and you're like, okay, I got to put the, I got to break it up somehow with these three pages that I got to put in here. Um, <laughs> you have to do it kind of meticulously. So that first break, that first ad, you know, was right after a flashback. Right. So, right. um, you're already in a flashback and then, you know, the, the ad is there, it kind of breaks it up just a little bit, you know, um, but it's not too far to the beginning of the book that it completely throws you out of it, hopefully. And then um, the one at the end is kind of the, 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 the credits, you know, so the one, the, the, the two pages at the end where I, you know, I did the ads for the other creators, right? Kind of a, okay, that could be the end of the story right there. But if you flip the page one more time, you'll see, you know, there's a post credit scene. So, <laughs> Uh, that's kind of how, you know, I, I just had in mind for it. I just wanted to break it up just a little bit and to, um, hopefully not throw people out of the story. I, it kind of felt like there were two post-credit scenes though. Mm -hmm. Cause that, that one where he walks into a store and he's, he's, he's found out that yeah. his name isn't his own. I'll leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> well, I have to um, shout out Hector, um, Hector Mirai for, for that. He, uh, me and him have been been talking about he he does the um faith and fandom um series um and uh he he's always talked to me about like think character themes and stuff like that so um when i told him told him about this villain season book he you know he had an idea uh, and uh he just went ahead and wrote the script he was like man i got this idea i want to send to you um, about ace blade and i just want you to check it out he sent it to me and i was like oh my god it would be perfect to include in this book you know um, and at the time I had already started the Kickstarter. So it was like, I can't, you know, I, I want to put it in a book, but I really can't afford to put it in the book. <laughs> you know, we, we made it into a stretch goal. I said, listen, if we get to, I think it was $8,000, $8,500 on the campaign. I was like, we're going to put these extra four pages in there, you know, stretch it to 44 pages and all. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, we made it on, made the goal so that it could be included. But, um, you know, I just, I liked, the idea that he had, um, cause <laughs> Ace Blade is not a businessman, as you'll see in the next, um, the next arc, the ex the next arc is actually called Cream, um, cash rules everything around me. And, oh, wow. And you'll see that, uh, that Terrell Durham and Ace Blade are not good businessmen. So, you know, that's a, that's a struggle that they're going to have to go through next too. So. Which, which is so ironic for your character because he hates money, right? Right, I mean, right. He's the root of all evil, so it's right. time to learn how to manage evil correctly in my career. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a struggle for him because, you know, you you kind of, as an, how old are you, Mike? I'm, I'm 33. 33, yeah. So, you know, you got to pay bills. You got stuff that you have kind of have to do. You know, yeah. as an adult, you got bills that you have to pay. But it's like, why do I have to go out here and make money? Like, I should be able to, like, barter or trade or, like, I should be able to do the things that I want to do without the pressure of having to earn this extra money, you know? 
and then the cost of um the cost of being a superhero also you know that's an added pressure so um in this next arc you'll see how how ace blade is truly different from batman because he doesn't you know he doesn't have a a research and development department that can uh and 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 bat bombs and all this stuff you know so fox i need a new car now exactly <laughs> that was a that was a great kevin Con- uh Conroy, man. that was good <laughs> um, thanks man <laughs> i might have to hire you to do uh to do ace blaze voice for the podcast man i like that that would be excellent <laughs> hey, don't, don't play around I'll, I'll do it man i've been looking for somebody Oh uh, hey hey! I'm starting my resume, and right now, voice acting is something that I'm I'm gonna be starting to look into pretty heavily in 2022. Man, that was a good one. I love. <laughs> Thank you. You got me excited there. For uh, I'm, I might have to talk to you after the show about that one, man. All right, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that you'll see the difference between you know a superhero, uh, a hero who has everything, and then a, a hero who's kind of scraping by, and uh, the kind of frustrations that come with that, and and how it affects i'll say without without giving away anything how it affects the way that you know he treats people or, right. um, so you know those stresses can can really can really weigh on a person so i'm hoping people uh, will see that and i can keep it entertaining without being too you know too too deep on them it's no it's it's a it's a rightful interpretation i think of uh of, of a character evolution and that's the type of change that needs to happen in the story I think thus far, everything's pretty much been um, uh, external as far as, you know, his actions and his beliefs and what he's been doing, mm-hmm. you know, taking down, you know, villains and then going after Gutshot in, in, uh, in issue five. And so all that comes to a close. And now it's all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the conflict has turned inward and now everything's internal and it's spilling out into the external or the external spilling out to the internal. Those things are very entertaining uh, for most people. I love psychological things like that. I mean, one of the best, I mean, some of the best Batmans that were ever told out there by like people like Frank Miller and, and, uh, and other creators who got a chance to, to pen Batman. A lot of that was internal. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of his spotlight and career comic uh, story arcs, you know, pertained a lot to like his treatment of Robin or the way he only trusted Bruce or the reasons why you know he only trusted himself and nobody else and you know his vicarious his vicarious love relationships that you know never worked out because he was the type of person that could only trust himself those those things are super entertaining so that makes me very excited for for your next arc in in ace blade and i hope everybody out there is is getting excited for that too because that's that's a lot of really good really good internal introspective storytelling i appreciate that and um one thing I always tell people is Batman is kind of one of the biggest um, inspiration for it. So I don't know if you remember the, the Batman, the animated series, right? Absolutely. Um, so one of the big things that I really loved about that show um, was that was how different, you know, Bruce Wayne treated the villains than how Batman tre- treated them. Right. So Bruce Wayne would show up to, you know, to uh, Selena Kyle's, you know, uh, she would he would show up to Pamela Isley's, you know, functions and try to help her save the world, you know. But then <laughs> if she crossed the line, he's going to throw that mask on. He's going to throw the cowl on and he got to come after her. Right. The same right. thing with, with Victor Freeze and, and Penguin. Like he had a, a relationship with these characters as Bruce Wayne. But then he had another relationship with him as Batman. 
Right. And um, that's one thing that I'm trying to do with um, with Ace Blade. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, this is one thing that I, I, I'm I'm trying to do in the comics. Ace Blade never calls um the villains their villain names. Like he he never calls them Hammer Hands. He's gonna call them he's gonna call them Thomas. He's gonna call um you know Bajwa or uh, Blackjack. He's gonna call her Bajwa um because he sees them as people. But but ham uh, but Gutshot. That's different. Like Gutshot is 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 far too far gone for him. He doesn't. That's one person that he doesn't see as uh, a person that can be uh, redeemed. So if he uh, look out for in the future, if he calls a a villain by their actual villain name, then um you know he that's how he's that's how he sees them now. So that's one thing that I'm that I'm trying to do with uh with Ace Blade there. I did I did catch that. I was like, why is he calling them by, you know, by their, like, I, I guess, prophetically, you know, first names. I was like, yeah. huh, they must yeah. know each other. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need to know that they knew each other, possibly, because mm-hmm. of the, the gravity of the conflict going on at the moment. I was just like, I put that in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm going to have to find that out later. Mm-hmm. I did. I did catch that. That's, that's really cool, though. I, I like that, that camaraderie that, um, that, that Ace Blade uh, tries to, to have because he recognizes them as people and not... You know, yeah. not not bad people or good people, but just people in general. Yeah, and um, spoiler alert here for for anybody listening, um, that that last scene in the comic where um, you know, he's he basically tells them, you know, y'all got fans here too. Like we we as comic book readers, you know, we love the villains, you know, sometimes just as much as we love the heroes. Right. So, you know, there's there's movies about the Joker. There's movies, you know, you don't just go the dark knight uh movie wasn't just good because of batman it was good because of you know the joker and two-face so um you know we got the villains have fans too and they got stories they got stories to tell so you know why not see them as as real people instead of um just somebody to beat up and throw away right that's um I wasn't gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna wait for you to throw those. Uh, <laughs> throw those in there. I didn't want to give too much away. I hope I didn't give too much away in the review. If uh, they, no, nah, if they, if 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 folks have, have stuck around this long and listened to me ramble on, they deserve something. So that's <laughs> <laughs> a spoiler for. Oh man, so that's that's a lot of great information and in the direction in which you're you're going into the next series, and the next series is going to be just as many as you know one through five or one through six. So yes, the um the next series. So in my in my brain, um, cream is is five issues. So it'll be six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then like yeah. you saw in the book, the next one after that will be villain season two. So Ace Blade Eleven will be villain season two. Yeah, I, I did catch that. Now again, I won't spoil that for everybody else in issue five. It's a pretty big drop, which means <laughs> if you want to read Ace Blade, you have to be as committed as you are in either your relationship, your job, or your marriage, because Daddy <laughs> J Quick is in for the long haul and that's ace right, blade right. is going places so <laughs> oh man i just it's 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 daunting though to think that you know this last issue raised 85 is that what you said um five roughly 85 we did, we did um we did just over 10 on kickstarter oh wow yeah. see so 10 times you know six more tens <laughs> to get oh. to that villain season two well, it's... well, we so I'm hoping not. Okay, so this is this is the plan for the next couple of books. So for Ace Blade six through ten, you know, 
we're gonna do individual kickstarters for them but they'll only be like 10 days or so right um we've gotten we've gotten to the in our process that we can do a book in about four months right but the team that i put together they they've given me you know great work at a pretty good price so it's only going to cost me about thirty three thousand dollars maybe thirty five hundred to put a book together so if i've you know built my built our audience enough i think we'll be able to do you know a 10-day or 14-day or kickstarter and if we can raise it you know then we'll just you know go ahead and put the book out and then you know keep them rolling so hopefully it won't take as long to get to to villain season two um, right. but you know we'll we'll see and 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 you have a pretty good team man jc grande is a really good artist uh i actually yeah. contacted him about a project of mine um back in november of last year and then he got really busy so that was probably your fault i've been trying to take up all of jay he's actually he's actually drawn uh six and seven already six and seven he's already drawn so yeah he's, uh, he's a phenomenal dude and a, a really good artist so absolutely so that's that's really cool but i'm i'm sure i'm sure your team is is well loaded are you using the same people uh for i'm trying yeah i'm trying to keep um jc and veronica for um for the next five books at least um okay you know i'm sure by then their prices will be up 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 in a way <laughs> and um, you know, I'm, I might have to reach deeper into the pockets to keep them. So um, I'm, I'm trying to keep them for these next five books at least. And then, you know, we'll see after that. So Well, I can't speak for Veronica, but I know JC is really good about um, price and working with people. And um, I don't know if you know much about JC Grande, but he's done a hell of a whole lot of work Absolutely, for yeah. a hell of a whole lot of people. And he is plastered all over Comixology. Yeah. In over you know two dozen books, including some of his own stuff. Um, so, in that regard, um, in the direction that you're moving in, it's not your real meat and potatoes Kickstarter. That's just to help you know connect with the fans and get the book rolling. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I try to I try to save these questions for people who are kind of like way way down the line in their book <laughs> series. But do you ever picture yourself one day? Um, pitching this to you know maybe not a mainstream label but like an under label like aftershock idw um, or are you plan on you know going direct to market in your own company with full fourth wall productions i'm not sure man to be honest with you i um me and me and morgan both just applied to the um to the milestone initiative i don't know if you saw that um um when they announced that dc fandom um milestones yes milestone comics has um they're doing a uh, 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 a um, what do you call it like a kind of like an internship and um you know I've applied to that so hopefully you know if I get in with them I would I honestly would love to pitch H Blade to, to Milestone and to and um but you know until then until we make those connections um you know I don't live in New York where all the the the, the fun goes on I'm here in North Carolina and I can only reach out through email and stuff like that so right until then, um, you know, we'll keep we'll keep plugging away with fourth wall productions and you know and and get it into as many people's hands as we can. And that's good, man. It's and and you really don't need anything outside stuff. If you ever wanted to go direct to market, you just go straight to straight to con shows, which you've been to, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, connect with fans at meet and greets at you know different comic book shops around NC. 
being a creator myself, I didn't know after I left Full Sail how I was going to get into the industry as far as writing goes, other than to like publish ebooks maybe, because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of industry in Biloxi. Um, I, I don't imagine there's a whole lot of industry in North Carolina. I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean, there might be a lot of creative talent that had been in the industry that might have retired near near your hometown locations. Like Stephen Butler lives in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know that until I went to uh, Three Alarm Comics and, and met up with Scott. And then he's part of the shared comic universe, which is connected to the stash, you know, with Mike Zapsick and, and Ming Chen from the comic book man. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, from then on, I went to Pensacon and then I met Peter David. And then it's a story I've told on the show, I think, several dozen times. And it's it always it always. Man, it always chokes me up to see how people persevere from being so far away from their medium's main, you know, highway of of success and to know that you can, you know, path path pathway that success for yourself from afar. Um, it's way more rewarding than, you know, getting a job at Disney or Pixar. And, you know, if you go to fourthwallpros.com, you can see you, you have a really great website. I mean, you get to meet all your characters. Um, it takes you straight to your shop. Super Shorts podcast is, is available on there. You have Contacts Us, uh, other indies. I mean, it's it's really professional. I appreciate it, man. That's that, that's that full sale education coming in. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does have its niches, man. It does. Yeah. It does give you skills and, and viable uh, abilities that you would otherwise have to learn, you know, an email and probably take months and months of reaching out to pros yeah. that you could learn in, you know, a four week class online. And I should know I took six years of it. <laughs> I had originally started in game design, then I switched to creative writing. And then from then on, it yeah. just. Yeah, it was a long learning curve. I thought I wanted to make video games, and then I just found out that video games, um, you, 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 you get told to do the same things in the workforce that you do in video games. Man. You, you place assets, and you only do coding, and you only do character controls. And I was just like, I'm not a pointer trigger guy. I want to be the the guy. I want to be the yeah. guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want. I um, I had a I had a similar thought. I I want to make a video game. There's a there's an idea that I have in my head for a video game that I want to make so bad, but you know, learning learning the process of, of like like you said, it's it's a lot that goes into it. And there's some there's some software out there that's you know that uh, Unity software and the Construct uh, software that that's more drag and drop. You know, you can do a lot of it yourself, um, but it it takes a lot of time. So it does. Um, <laughs> so so it'll, it'll be kind of <laughs> me until I get some some time to sit down and do something like that. You, you know, you know, for for creators like us, um, games. You know, I don't know if you know much about GameFound.com. It's kind of like the Kickstarter for board games. Mm-mm. But um, man, over the last five years, there have been a plethora of published board games uh, with with uh, with the open market of three um, D modeling. Mm. Uh, and um and printing plastic that it's opened up like way more interesting gamified almost video game like board games on tabletop Um, and it's it's one of the things that i've been looking into is because i wanted to make a video game too but i also like tabletop stuff i'm i'm a former you know senior uh veteran of you know warhammer 40k okay and, and a bunch of other tabletop style games and um I think one of the things that I've seen, you know, come about the last, you know, five years since 3D printing has been around is more storytellers and game makers who wanted to tell stories and make games 
are coming out of that hobby niche and they're growing straight into making games. And man, these campaigns are raising a ton of money. Yeah. I'm like, uh, especially in the UK, man, this game called Lords of Ragnarok uh, just broke half a million dollars. Mm, good it's great. 17 days and they've got like 20 more days to go. <laughs> um, I'm looking at, looks like Bethesda's doing a, a Elder Scrolls game, uh, a Skyrim board game coming up here. Oh, wow. I'm sure that's going to dominate. That's uh, That's crazy. Absolutely, because they remastered it and it dominated, and it was just basically the same copy and paste with an additional mod making market. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, that's uh, that'd be something you could do, you know, if you ever get you'll sit down. I don't know if, um, if uh, I mean, you're a full sale student, so you have the ability to reach out to somebody in, in game making. Um, yeah. I got some templates and stuff that you could borrow if you, if you need it. But game game writing isn't isn't hard at all. It's actually more or less similar to comics and film writing. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, a lot of it too is is prose writing because especially if you're doing if you're going to do like a tabletop setting, you're going to be writing to an audience. So oh, you'd wow. be you, you'd be telling the story, and then that would be you know intricate in the graphic graphic designs, and that's I mean that's what you do. I mean, if you go look at any of the assets and board games, they're all created with graphic designs. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never actually done any of the uh, tabletop games. Like, I've, I've heard of some big ones. Like, I know Warhammer. I know, um, dang, what's the other one? The the big one. Uh, D&D is that type of thing. I know, you know, I've, I've heard of them, but I've never actually played that type of, uh, of game before. So I'm, I'm going to have to look into it. Man, it's it's really it's really awesome to do on Family Night, too. So uh, mm-hmm. if, if you ever if you ever get a, a wild hair, uh, take the family to Walmart, you know, go down the game aisle, spend twenty, thirty dollars for a good, you know, four player, five some of them are four to six, four mm-hmm. to eight. And just man, just sit down and play it and watch how much fun everybody has. I think you might get inspired. Yeah, it's... I'm more I'm more of a um uh, Uno um <laughs> Uno uh uh go fish spades kind of guy, but right. I'm, I'm gonna give it a try though. I'm gonna stop it. Take my word for it. Sometimes stepping out into a to a new a new type of uh, uh, universe is is good for for creative minds to help evolve and their perspectives on you know how to tell a story. It might even give you a good idea, you know, yeah. for something you can use in you know Ace Blade. So, man, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check them out. But man, I uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we're coming on to that hour, and uh, I, I wish we had more time to be completely honest. But yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be making more Ace Blades, and so we're gonna have plenty of time. You are now you know one of my esteemed guests here on the show, joining a whole bunch of, of veteran casts, and so you're welcome back anytime. Um, of course, creators creators they get a uh, free comic review. Uh, among you know guest graphics and stuff when they come onto the show. So if you're listening and you're a creator, hit me up at comics uh, underscore pop tarts at yahoo.com. Um, Danny J. Quick, man, I appreciate it. You want to tell people where they can get uh, Ace Blade? Real quick, I want to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, why did why pop tarts like post <laughs> are so much better? Post man, much better than pop tarts. So why pop tarts? You know. That is a it's a funny question because uh, it's a story that that Anthony Moore told me about uh, him and Jerry Jones and they had this this underlining um, underlying joke kind of one of those you know behind the scenes jokes about pop tarts mm-hmm. and um, 
I'm going to have to go back and ask him because I've done forgot the story. And I think I, I added that. I can answer that question, but you'll have to go back and listen to like, I think episode three or four. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Okay. And, um, <laughs> but it was, it was an underlining joke. And, uh, I originally made this for Limitless Comics. Okay. And, yeah. Um, to, to update people and, you know, keep, cause Anthony Moore and Limitless Comics, they didn't have, I mean, they had the social media platform, but as far as like, you know, connecting with the audience like this and other creators, it was non-existence and I, and I saw everybody doing these and I thought that, you know, you know, my splash in the limitless comics would be that next level of communication um, for limitless comics. And that'd be something that Anthony could take with him, you know, even if, you know, one day I up and, you know, get a job with, you know, IDW or something like that. Yeah. Um, probably never stopped doing this cause I enjoyed it a lot, but uh, man, I've, I've had some good things said about comics and pop tarts. You know, people say they like both. Some people don't like pop tarts. And they just like comics, but it's just really fun to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be on comics and pop tarts. What? What? Yeah. What is that? Oh, You're gonna that. be on the uh, front cover of a comic that's on pop tarts? I don't understand. <laughs> like, it, it makes people stop, and, and it gets their attention. And I just thought, yeah. man, what a what a great mind grabber, especially that's for that, the universe of like, especially for like audiences who who like TikTok. I'm like, they they love these types of things. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, to answer your question in short, it was it was a it was a behind the scenes joke between the creator and the graphics art artist for uh for Limitless Comics. And I just thought I'd I'd immortalize that in the name of the show. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You want to tell uh, the audience where they can get Ace Blade uh, issue number five and or issues before that? Yes, absolutely. So uh, if you go to our website, www.fourthwallpros.com. Um, all of our information is there. Our, our shop has all of the Ace Blade books. Um, Ace Blade number five is going to go on pre-sale um, probably this week. Um, I'm, I'm going to, the next 30 days, we're going to do pre-sales and, and we're going to get these books. Um, we're going to get these books printed. And then um, starting at the end of November, we're going to ship out the Kickstarter rewards and everybody who does pre-orders. So um, that's where you can find us. All right. And when's the, uh, when's the pre-sale, uh, pre-sale drop for this going to happen? I'm hoping I'm hoping this week I'm trying to set it up on our website um, over the weekend. So I'm hoping it's going to drop on Monday. All right. Cool beans, man. Hey, if you uh, if you if you get that done beforehand, just send me the link so I can put it in the show notes. Will do. I do. I appreciate that. All right. Well, Danny J. Quick, man. Thank you. The creator and writer of Ace Blade. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for uh, comics and Pop-Tarts podcast. My name is Limitless Mike. Thank you. And never ask anybody for permission to create. Have a good night.